Welcome to Knowledge at Wharton Podcasts. Knowledge at Wharton is the online research and business analysis journal of the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. For more information, please visit our website at knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Thanks, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. Professional athletes face unusual challenges with regards to financial management, especially given that their peak earning period lasts a relatively short time, often just a few years. Today, Knowledge at Wharton has asked Ken Shropshire, Professor of Legal Studies and Business Ethics at Wharton and Director of the Wharton Sports Business Initiative, to discuss this topic with Kylie Wong, a linebacker for the Houston Texans. Kylie Wong is attending an executive education program here at Wharton, co-sponsored by the NFL and NFLPA. Ken? Thank you. Kylie, thank you for taking the time. Hey, absolutely. You know, anything for you, Ken. So I can tell you've done radio things before. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, um, what are the financial challenges that you face as a professional football player that are different from everyday walking around people? Well, I think the, to, to begin, I think the, the, the first thing that's probably the most difficult thing is is we collect vast amounts of money immediately as soon as we sign in the NFL. You know, um, so we're 23, 24, 25-year-olds who have a substantial um, net worth that, generally speaking, you most people would build throughout their, their career, throughout their lifetime. Um, and, and, and attain. And the difference is we get all that all at once when we're young and we don't develop the financial savvy um, that probably another business person might. And I, I think that's probably uh, the, the, the hardest thing um, for us as, as young adults um, to do because you literally feel as though you're by yourself and now it's a matter of you piecing everything together and trying to figure out how to do it. There are no how-to do manuals or how-to manuals um, for when you're 24 years old and you basically inherit three to four million dollars. And what, so that's the, that's the t- biggest challenge. What, what typically do athletes do? They they sign that first contract. They if they're fortunate enough, they get a signing bonus of hundreds of thousands, maybe even even a couple millions of dollars. Who typically works with them to? To manage those monies? Um, generally speaking, it's kind of uh, for, I can't say particularly, because some everybody's a little different. You yeah, know? It's a feel-all. But like, for example, my, my situation, um, I knew that I didn't want to have my agent also control my finances. I knew enough to where I thought that was a little bit of a conflict of interest. Um, so it was kind of just a matter of me kind of almost calling financial advisors in the beginning, trying to figure out, you know, personalities, who I want to do, and trying to learn about it, try to get educated. And, and my biggest thing was I I only wanted a financial advisor that was going to educate me. It, you know, we can't touch my money. You need to spend time to educate me before I'm ready. But I can honestly say that that's not necessarily um, the thing that the route many football players do. A lot of pe- football players do have these agents that are all-encompassing, um, um, managing their bills, managing loans, managing buying houses, you know, and obviously that's somewhat that's a concern for anybody, especially when it's a young person who doesn't have the financial savvy of being able to control it. And, and how focused are the young guys and, and even guys like yourself, ten years in the league, uh, 
on preparing for life after football in terms of, of finances, in terms of saving or 401ks? Or what, what steps do people take in your position? Um, you know, it, it varies. It's just a b- broad spectrum, probably just just like society varies from, you know, some people who are very uh, conservative and put money away and, and uh, richest man in Babylon style and invest in himself first and, and other people who, who live the lifestyle. So uh, I think we, we probably mirror that in the exact same way. Um, there, there are tons of things. The NFL is unbelievable in terms of our collective bargaining agreement. I mean, we have a 401k program where it's a two-to-one match. Um, you know, it's we're encouraged to say we have some benefits packages. That is assuming you make the four-year criteria, minimum criteria, and which is obviously, as everybody probably is well aware, it's actually a three-year. Um, no surprise. So, I mean, it's it, it's just it's very varying. I mean, unfortunately, I wish I could say everybody, you know. Um, is wise and saves, but I mean, you know, there are a lot of Bentleys in our parking lot, and you know, there are a lot of houses uh, for for mothers and dads and, and all that other stuff, and so um, it just kind of goes uh, a, a, along with uh, the different personalities that, that come into the league. Let me ask you a couple of specific questions related to the program. First, of the negotiations and investing and starting businesses, are there any particular topics that we covered that you think professional football players are naturally or by virtue of what they've done better at than than most people would be? Um, you would think that uh, professional football players, I think, are you, you would, I would have thought professional football players are better negotiators. Like, that they would be good at negotiations. Um, I think we learned in this course that that's really not the case. Negotiation is just like anything else. It's a very practice skill. Um, and having not had a lot of practice at it, being one younger, two not ever being in the, in the corporate world, and most of the time having negotiations done for us, um, that was a skill that we weren't necessarily um, really good at. Um, I thought the uh, all the things. I mean, we we learned about um, investing in the stock market, and and and, and you know. Um, the trends that that have occurred over the historical data, um, the, the real estate investing stuff, to, and at least enough to be able to know, um, develop a philosophy, and be able to kind of spot what you know automatically is a bad deal. Some some things that should be telltale signs. Um, not saying that you can run the numbers and everything, but it it's kind of raising suspicion and I think that's what probably is the most important part about this this course. So after the course of first year, second year player says, where should I put the bulk of my money for the long term? What what has this course told you is the right place to focus on? Um my opinion and this is this is uh uh was confirmed. I I mean I kind of had this b- belief and philosophy coming into it. Um, and, and, and Professor Siegel um, is obviously a rock star. I mean, he really is. <laughs> hey, funny story. Uh, I'm, I'm sure people will appreciate this. This was the first time I'd ever seeked an autograph. I mean, and <laughs> you, you, it was a funny scene because there's Professor Siegel when he gets done with his lecture. We all have his book on, on our tables. And every single one of us basically immediately get up and rush him 
to get our books signed. So you have, you know, all these professional athletes who are very accustomed to having crowds where, you know, you're signing and kind of looking, ask for names. And, and, and we're basically mobbing Professor Siegel and, and you're seeing some, um, some, some camera phones come out as well <laughs> while, while, while people are posing. So it was funny. But sorry, back to the fact. Um, uh, Sounds like the stock market is the answer. The, right? the, 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 <laughs> you guessed it. He he was he was really helpful in terms of his his uh, um, opinions on diversification. He was really helpful in terms of um, his opinions on managing um, fees, um, um, and he was very helpful in in terms of just the value of broad broad indexes and. Um, uh, you know that, that went along with my philosophy. It, it kind of uh, reaffirmed it, um, but it took me a long time to get to that philosophy. I had gone through a number of different um, educational experiences with stockbrokers and and um, uh, money managers to to, to kind of finally realize that. So, final question: mm-hmm. Since you've had some time to daydream in class that you haven't had for a long time, mm-hmm. if you had some money to truly play around with, say a million dollars. What would you do that would be fun? Um, some real estate stuff. Um, and um, I do enjoy getting into the numbers and enjoy getting out there in the community and, and doing some of that stuff. So um, I would pr- probably have to say that that would be the route that I would pursue. Although, given that I am really interested in non-asset-based companies, I just don't know how to get started in them. Right. 